Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Patrick Curtis, your host and chief monkey, and this is the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Join me as I talk to some of the community's most successful and inspirational members to gain valuable insight into different career paths and life in general. Let's get to it. Another fun chat with the WSO interns this week. We cover everything from how to escape to larger financial hubs to give yourself more opportunity. If you're coming from a country that doesn't have a financial hub or a much smaller number of job opportunities available for you, we cover also what to do on social media to make sure that you're putting your best foot forward and more specifically, how to present yourself on LinkedIn. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody. I think we got about 15 joining. We still have a few more people joining right now, but we can get started. Um, yeah, so Nabil, any, or, yeah, anybody have any questions for Nabil or myself for the internship itself? We are going to have some changes coming soon in terms of time tracking and, and all this stuff, um, probably the next week or two. So keep an eye out for that. We'll send an email, but we'll also... Um, We'll also kind of obviously send it all through Slack and update all the, the guys and stuff. But basically, it's going to allow us to, um, we're going to use a different system outside of Hubstaff because it's with the team growing so much, it's going to allow us to um, do it in a way that won't bankrupt the company. Uh, Brandon, <laughs> Brandon, uh, you have a question. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. So um, somewhere down the line, like once, because uh, obviously I'm seeing that we're picking up a lot of traffic, will we be able to see or contact you guys to figure out how much traffic our individual articles are? Because there's a few of them I'm pretty proud of that I'll be writing about or that I've already written about. So I'm just curious how well they're doing, or I will be curious. Yeah, well, absolutely. Now, um, I think currently we probably have about, wouldn't it be a 500-ish articles written in that section around there? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, any one article, even if you do an incredible job, it may not like be that impressive of traffic because a lot of it will depend on how many links it gets. Um, so it's not just about how good the, the article is. It's also about how it's structured within the site. And it's also about how many links, external links are pointing to it. So that's something that we're working on. We have a whole other team helping us do that um, in terms of trying to get uh, uh, links and stuff like that. So. Um, but yeah, we're, we're happy to give you those numbers if you like them down the road. I, I, I suspect like as things go on and that entire section gets more traffic that it'll, it'll become more and more impressive. Um, we have a question here in the chat from H it says, hello, Patrick, I have completed more than 25 hours of my internship and was deciding which course should I take? So instead, uh, instead of taking courses after completing every 25 hours, can I, directly take the elite modeling package after completing 150 hours. So the elite modeling package is made up of six courses. So um, you can choose, you can start getting access to individual courses within there. I'd suggest Excel modeling to start, unless you've taken a lot of Excel and done that, I would suggest so it's a really good foundational course to start with um, or something like financial statement modeling um, before moving on to more advanced courses like uh, mergers and acquisitions and LBO modeling. If you do those first, you're going to be kind of, you'll get them and you'll understand them, but it's going to be harder to actually build alongside the instructor and do it in such a way that um, is efficient. Um, it says, I know I can take the, these courses individually, but then I will not get the bonuses attached with the package. We're happy to give you the bonuses attached to the package once you get to those six courses. So you can start, we don't want to slow you down in your learning. So feel free to ask for access to some of the individual courses within the elite package when you get, once you get to six, um, you get that six course or, or happy to open up the bonuses as well for you. Yeah, no problem. Um, Almat has his hand up, go for it. 
I have so many questions. Just let me start from the internship question. Fire away, fire away. That's what this is for. <laughs> yeah. By the way, uh, Nabil, remember you uh, sent me the message about the raising position, like chief editor intern? Yeah. And uh, should I uh, change, correct my previous articles with the status awaiting corrections by myself? Or oh, no, should that, I do this? No, no, someone else has to look at it. That would just defeat the purpose of review, right? Uh, okay, I just thought with a more uh, more senior role, I should do it myself. Like. Now, we, we always want a second set of eyes on all the articles, even if you're an editor for other articles. Yeah. Okay, thank you. And the next question is uh, from the courses. Mm -hmm. uh, I just passed uh, a few couple of courses and I see my reward as a 50% discount for mentoring. And uh, I oh. have two... Yeah, I have two bonuses, 50% each. And uh, if I combine both of them, would I get 100% discount? Unfortunately, not just because we because the mentorship is pretty expensive for us to run. So we're not making any, with that bonus, we don't make, uh, we actually lose money on that bonus already, even at the 50%. Oh, okay, thank you. So like, yeah, if we just did it for free, it, 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 would, it, it would be very expensive if we did that. <laughs> yeah. We already lose a little bit of money um, doing that big discount. We do it for people who get through the course and want to try out the mentor program. Um, but we understand if it's too expensive, even with the 50% off, it's not a cheap option. It's a one-to-one -one scenario where you're getting like one-to-one -one coaching. And so we, I usually suggest using the mentor program once you like have interviews, like a mock interview, you have like a big interview coming up and you want a, a, like a realistic mock interview practice, then it's really worth the money. If you're just like exploring and trying to figure things out, where should I go in my career? What should I do this? Yes, it's great to have that mentor, but that's a pretty expensive uh, service to use for like when you don't even know what you want. Um, you can use the forums for free and like learn a lot just by reading and asking questions in there. You don't need to go hire somebody for, you know, whatever it is, hundred over $100 USD an hour to do that. It's helpful. It's helpful, but, you know, if if uh, if you don't have a lot of money, it's a, it's you can get a lot of a lot of the same advice for free um, from from very uh, experienced actual professionals in the forums. And by the way, you doesn't mean you have to believe everybody in the forums, but people who have a gold star or the gold uh, around their uh, um, avatar, so like the gold star accounts, yeah? they're certified. Yeah, so usually you can trust them. You can see you can look at their user profile, see what they've been writing, see how many silver bananas they have, see if they're like they give good advice or if it's you know, if they're more, uh, you know, if, if they're more like, a, if people disagree with them, they're not giving great advice. So you'll get a sense if you can just look at that and um, ask the questions there. Okay. And uh, the next questions are career related, mm -hmm. especially about LinkedIn. I saw, I searched about the LinkedIn summary, how to write it in the forums, but I didn't found it. And so uh, what should what would you recommend? How should I write the summary? Should, would it should it be too short or more detailed? Uh, I'm not sure I felt LinkedIn summary. Can you explain more? Yeah, LinkedIn summary section. Yeah, should it be? More oh, like, in your in your actual LinkedIn, like your yeah, oh, actually. like describing like who you are and stuff like that. Yeah, should it be more brief? Like this. I would is keep it more one. brief. Yeah, don't don't do this. Don't say. Don't start referring your, to yourself in the third person and over embellishing there. Don't be like, Almat O oh, is a aspiring finance professional and the da 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 da. Like, better just to like leave it blank or and let your experience speak for itself and be more detailed around the type of work you're doing and just showcase your work. So um, okay, yeah, I, I would leave it blank. And if you do have something, you can say something like, um, you know, student at XYZ, a finance major at XYZ University, searching for a, a role in investment banking or private equity, whatever it is. Um, you could say something like that. The thing I don't like about that is then if you have that on your resume and you apply like a corporate finance position and then somebody looks, they're like, oh, he only wants investment banking or, and you could get rejected. You could forget that that's there. So I, I rather keep it more broad and, and just give people kind of a, a general overview of, you know, looking for uh, to start a career in finance, something like that, if you do want to put something there. Okay, thank you. And the last question is about especially how to break into finance. I'm interested in the, especially in finance career in the United States. So is it realistic 
to break into the, the United States, any kind of finance rule like equity research, trading, or even corporate finance. Uh, um, let me tell you briefly my background. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I'm from Kazakhstan. I recently graduated Bachelor of Finance program. I had an internship about portfolio management, and I I won the second place in the CFA Institute Research Challenge. And uh, what do you think with the with this internship? Would I have more chance to break into any kind of finance role? In the I think US? this internship will help build your resume, yes, and will get you more calls. I think. If you're in Kazakhstan, where are you located right now? In Kazakhstan? In Kazakhstan, know. yeah, in Almaty. I think if you're there, it's going to be very hard because, like, how are you going to interview? From there, it would be nearly impossible, yeah? Yeah, Thank it's, it's going to be very hard. So, like, what I always say is, like, wherever you want to be, you kind of need to get there. And the hard part is that it's more like a visa issue, right? So, for we actually have... Um, and, you know, this is something we can actually make available to all the interns, Nabil. I didn't think there's a whole... Uh, mini course on visas and international students coming, trying to come into the yeah. US. We have a whole course on this. We should just release that for free to everybody um, in the yeah. internship because it's really relevant to a lot of the questions here. But that's going to be really your biggest uphill battle because if you had the visa, you had a sponsor from a from a company, then you're fine. But like most companies don't bother to do that. And the ones that do are really big and they have like these channels that they pull from at certain universities. Um, that make it so like someone like yourself who isn't through in one of those traditional channels, it makes it super, super difficult. Yeah. And the H1B has like, a, like an insane lottery, right? Like even if you get sponsored, like lottery, you might not get to the best way is to get to through a company, which is based off in your country. That visa is much easier to get because they'll have quotas. So if, like transfer, yeah? Uh, I didn't get you. Uh, internal transfer. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, internal transfer. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. Like a like a PwC or KPMG. Let's say they have an office there. You get a transfer to London or to New York for that. Actually, we have the branch of Citibank, but only working with the corporate finance, corporate banking, and I guess the commercial banking. Only yeah. that department. And that's a start. That's a start. But then you'd have to network internally to get it transferred. And I'd try to get into a bigger market like a London or a somewhere. Somewhere where there's just there's more opportunity, because it, like it's not it's it's just crazy how different a New York and London is to wherever even a smaller like a Brussels or a or a even a Paris or a Toronto is tiny compared to New York and London in terms of finding in terms of opportunities. So if you can get into those right cities, suddenly with some skills of networking, suddenly you're meeting people for coffee and suddenly you're going to be given a lot more opportunities. And then that's how you can get into the lateral and that's how you land, that's how you get in. But until you're in that city, it's going to be almost, oh, not impossible, but almost impossible just because of all the visa issues. Yeah, and one more question. Yep. So what do you think about the Master of Finance program? A good question. I was going to say, be careful for the Master's of Finance program. Because they're expensive, and for a lot of international students, they think they're going to come in. The Masters of Finance is going to get them the job in investment banking. And guess who gets most of the offers in investment banking at a Masters in Finance programs? It's the kids who already have, are resident or citizens in the U.S. <laughs> yeah. So if you do go do a Masters in Finance, make sure you do your research specifically on how the international students place. So some of them do get an offer, but it's incredibly competitive. But make sure so you ask those questions. Don't ask what percentage of the class got jobs in investment banking or in corporate finance or in corporate development. Ask what percentage of the class that were outside the U.S., don't have citizenship, ended up getting a job in, and were, were able to stay in the U.S., for example. Oh, I should focus on that, yeah? You should focus on that. And don't let the numbers, the other numbers, fake you out and make you spend 50,000 USD. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much, Patrick. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the risk. I think the, the best bet for you is try to find, like a, to go to a city bank, try to get an internal transfer, network internal. Once you have that internal, once you have that brand on your resume, um, you can start networking internally. And they'll be like, oh, you can't do it, you can't do it. But if you get on enough phone calls and you do enough video chats with people, um, 
you might be surprised that like somebody might be like, God, man, this kid is just, he's hungry. He wants to come fine. Okay. He can do a rotation here in London. And then boom, everything opens up to you. Once you're in the right city, everything opens up to you. Gotcha. Thank you. You're welcome. So in other words, get out of, get out of where you are as fast as you can get, get the job that the company that has other branches and then, and then you'll have a better shot. Uh, anybody? Okay. Here's some questions from, uh, Hongmo Liu, uh, Liu on average, how many hours should one spend on one article? Um, so currently we don't have any guidance on how long, how long each article should take. Um, we are going to change this soon in terms of having a certain minimum number of articles. We're not going to start, we're, we're going to stop tracking activity. We're going to move you guys all to a different tracker and instead just have a minimum article thing where it's like, I think three articles minimum for every 25 hours. So you have like over seven hours or sorry, over eight hours for every single article, which we think is plenty. You sh should be able to do them in two to two to five, but we're going to have a minimum there just to like, um, you know, if you're writing, you shouldn't be writing three, 4,000 words you should be writing, you know, probably somewhere between 1500 to 2,500 words. And that for most terms is sufficient. So um, on average, I'd assume somewhere between, you know, five and eight should be plenty. Um, and that should be enough to do a, a great job. Um, in terms of how to, uh, how to access the free courses, once you hit the, hit that threshold, um, basically all you can, all you need to do is email Ivy, Ivy at wallstreetoasis.com. And she'll, uh, check to make sure that you, um, so check to make sure that you have, uh, you've completed uh, what you need to complete and she'll get you, uh, online access to the courses. Um, Brandon asks, is that including edits? Uh, Nabil, what do you think? Uh, I think so. For three, yeah, for 28 hours. I think that's including edits, right? Yeah, it's uh, 25, yeah. Including edits, yeah, yeah. Because writing takes like four to six. And then edits generally wouldn't take that long. I mean, it wouldn't take four Unless to you're six having to rewrite the whole article. Yeah, in that case, yeah. That's like rewriting. So again, four to six plus whatever. <laughs> Yeah, no, good question, Brandon. Yeah. Thanks, bro. Uh, Sumil, yeah, you have your hand up. I think you're muted, though. Um, hi, yeah, I'm on. Hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. So, yeah, I'm very new. This is going to be my first week. I'm going to start from Monday. So I just wanted to ask, uh, how do we, you know, pick our topics and how do we actually proceed, uh, you know, start writing the So what's the first step we should take? Great question. Yeah. So I think uh, if you go into the Slack group, there's a how to get started uh, in the guide and there's step, step by step. Uh, so we say, watch this video and we'll actually show you an example of how to select your topic and do all this. So um, just follow those instructions step by step and you're, you're self-selecting these articles. So it's um, Nabil will put you on it. It will tell you, Hey, pick from this, pick from this specific tab within the sheet. Um, and you can, you can look at all the different topics that are there. Now, what I've said to other interns in the past is you should be picking something that interests you. So if you're like a CPA and you want to have an accounting background, you should probably be picking accounting terms. If you're want to go into investment banking, you should probably do something relevant to that. So like valuation questions or financial modeling questions or Excel-based questions um, or terms and, and kind of go that way. So I think it just depends on uh, what you're targeting. I'd say most of this stuff is, most of it's relevant to finance careers, so almost all of it's relevant. So even if you choose economics yeah. terms and stuff like that, it's good to know those and, and be well-versed in it. Yeah, totally. And I just thought like a career-based query, you know, because the finance world is like, this is so large. And, you know, as students, we haven't had that kind of exposure yet. So how do we go about, you know, knowing what we're interested in just by reading an article or just reading the job description because it's tough to figure out whether we like this as a career option or not. Um, you're saying it's how do we know as students kind of what are, like what's a, what's a realistic yeah, or what's yeah, a big exactly. career for us? Yeah, because just by reading an article on what investment banking is, I don't exactly get, you know, how my life will look 10 years down the line. So how do we just, you know, go about picking what excites us? It's tough to figure that out, right? Really hard. And it's unfortunate that, recruiting has gotten so accelerated that they expect you to know that when you're like 19 years old. Yeah, exactly. You have to pretend like you, uh, you came out of the womb reading the wall street journal and, 
and you're you're all excited for investment banking when you can barely understand what it is and you've never even done it. It's it's kind of silly. Um, I think it's hard. I think um, I would I would encourage you to read all the free material that's out there, not just the resource sections, but read the forums because there's a lot of like really honest advice there, and it's not sugarcoated. So um, I'll say from my personal experience, you know, investment banking opens a ton of doors, but it is a huge sacrifice in terms of hours and life and relationships. So, you know, I was working for two, two years at Rothschild and restructuring group, uh, you know, not, not exaggerating, you know, 90 ish hours a week. So that means sleeping at your desk. That means sleeping with a pill, having a pillow at your desk, sleeping under the desk when needed, um, getting edits at 3am, 4am in the morning. And while things have improved slightly um, in investment banking, this is, it's it's pretty cultural. It's this is not something that's unique just to to Rothschild or to other banks. It's it's pretty much universal like that. So um, you, you need to think really hard because people see the money and they say, "Oh, I definitely want this. I don't care." Um, but it's one thing to hear and think about like a sixty or seventy hour week. It it's very different from an eighty to a ninety hour week or even a hundred hour week. Very different because the marginal cost of each incremental hour that is that you're giving to your employer goes up and up and up and up because it soon starts eating into everything. It starts eating into your ability to do laundry. It starts eating your ability to go to sleep and get that extra hour of sleep, your ability to go to the gym, your ability to even have a phone call with your parents or have a relationship. And so people don't understand that it's not a linear cost curve. The marginal cost of each additional, so it's a very dip, 70 hours a week is very different from 80, which is very different from 90, right? Um, and so I think it's important that if you want to do investment banking, a good way to get a taste of it is try working really a 70 hour a week somewhere and see how that feels. Yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense. And if you do that 70 hours and you're like, man, I'm exhausted. That's so hard. Now try adding 20 hours to that. And like, are you going to be able to do that for two years? Yeah. Right? That makes and a lot of people can't, and a lot of people can't, a lot of people leave for that exact reason. But, um, in terms of is the work interesting or not, I think, I think it is interesting work. Um, I think you learn a lot, especially you know if you know you're, you're kind of numbers oriented. You like understanding about business and finance and acquisitions and how how businesses allocate capital and how they make money. And if you're interested in that, that's awesome. That's going to help help you um, kind of get through those those long hours. Um, and for sure, if you do the one to two years of banking. You are sought after. I can't tell you the amount of demand for people who've come through banking. So that means not just for private equity, but for everything. That means for, for I mean, the banks are so desperate for talent because for experienced talent, they, now they don't want to hire people who are more analysts because it's hard because you got to train them and they're pretty, you know, I myself was pretty useless for at least six months, but a lot of people are useless coming out of undergrad or out of uni. So I think it's it's tough. I think you, what you want to do is uh, try to get a real sense of what the day-to-day is like. So like talk to people. That's why the networking calls are so important early on. It's, it's not just a bullshit networking call to try and try and like make the connection where you're not providing a value. You're actually learn, be genuinely interested in what people are doing and ask questions. Like freshman, sophomore year, that's when you should, can ask a lot of dumb questions. That's when you should like, obviously not stuff you can Google, but like ask questions about like, okay. And so what is this like? Um, if you can develop a real relationship, a real friendship with people who are already there, maybe, maybe an alum that can give you like the, the non BS answer and give you, give it to you straight about what it's really like. That's the best source of information. And that's going to give you a much better sense of like, is this something you really want to commit to? Cause it starts, it starts way before you even graduate just to land that internship. You're going to have to put in a lot of legwork while doing your classes. Right. And, uh, you know, before uh, myself, I think you also stated going where you want to work. So uh, in that regard, do you think it's uh, worth pursuing something like an MBA test because it's easier to get a visa if I'm in India and I want to work in US? It's just easier to do an MBA in a US university and then I can just stay. Or do you think I should just go right out of undergrad? Um, I think it's hard either way. So I think you should be trying, right? If you know that's the direction you want to go, you should try right out of undergrad. Um, because, well, the MBA, let me just say, yes, the MBA, 
is great because it, I think there is more of a, you get into that channel where you're in the right, if you get to the right MBA, like let's say a top 10, top 15 MBA in the US, it, they're like just huge feeders into the, you know, management consulting firms, into the investment banks. And so it's much easier to get into those channels and tapped in. But even getting into one of those top MBAs is not like a foregone conclusion, especially if you're coming from India and you're competing against all, all your Indian brothers, right? Yeah, true. You're gonna to have to score real high on that uh, on that math section. Just saying, you got a lot of real, <laughs> real bright people. So, like, um, you know, it's not gonna be an easy slog. So, um, what I would say, if you know where you want to go, you should be trying to get there without spending the you know hundred plus thousand dollars. If you can get there without it, a lot of places now don't even care about the MBA. They want to just promote within. They don't want to lose you. You know. Right. Right. And just one final really stupid question, but uh, just in terms of creation, do we get a, some sort of certificate at the end just so that, you know, we can show it on our resume? Yeah, absolutely. Nabil, are we doing like any like official certificate or how are we, how are we doing it? Oh yeah, we, we'll be doing like official certificate, right? If someone wants to be agree that we'd give it to them, yeah. Yeah. So just let me know whenever you're done, like, and uh, we'll arrange yeah, cool. no issues. Yeah. Cool. Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah no worries. Okay. Thank you. Right. Yeah, and I'd, I'd, I'd also suggest you look in the Slack group. There's an example of how to put it on your CV. Um, uh, yeah, I did check that out. Yeah. Great. Okay, yeah. yeah that's, that was great. Yeah. Great. Perfect. Um, yeah, hope to speak to you next week. Too. Yeah, yeah, no. Thanks for joining. Welcome, and thanks for joining. Um, and let's see. Uh, <laughs> Brandon says, I hear some analysts at certain pension funds work reasonable hours. Yes, <laughs> it's true. Um uh, Bhuvan asks, for career investment banking, would you suggest doing a CFA or MBA finance or even both? Uh, CFA typically is not very helpful in getting an investment banking role. Um, they don't really, CFA is more for market-oriented roles, so probably more helpful for like an equity research role. Um, so I think the hard part is people, investment banking, and at an investment bank, there's like the umbrella of everything, including equity research, all this stuff, just to back up, even asset management. So when I say investment banking, I mean front office investment banking, like advisory. So like um, restructuring, M&A, all that stuff. So for those front office roles where you're revenue generating, you're selling your advisory services, CFA is not helpful um, or minimally helpful. Um, if, if you're talking about like equity research, asset management, uh, hedge funds, um, you know, so pension funds, like long only, long term, CFA is helpful. Um, and I think it's, it's something that uh, is respected if you do it. So, um, of course, there now are like what hundreds of thousands of CFAs every year or something. What is it? <laughs> is it crazy? I'm now? not sure, but yeah, it should be. It should be high enough, high end. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't get too diluted. But you get the idea. Yeah. Um. Uh, let's see. Any other questions? Excuse me, Patrick. I have yeah. two more questions. Shoot. So uh, about the again about the masters in finance program, uh, if it's not the target school but uh, the employment is quite good for foreigners, is it worth it? I don't know how the employment would be very good if it's not a target school. That's like a it's impossible. Yeah, it'd be very weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I wouldn't believe them. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, uh, if you do some searches on masters and finance programs and placement stats, and even ask them directly, they're not going to, they may say, oh, we don't keep track of that or whatever. But I mean, you could also look for people who have masters in finance from those specific schools and just try to touch base with them on LinkedIn, send them a message. Hey, I'm considering this masters in finance program. I see that you were, uh, you know, from outside the US, were you, you know, were you able to do that? Can you have, and they may say, stay away. Like I was the only one <laughs> who landed a job or they may say, actually, um, you know, half of us were able to stay. That's where the networking and the, the just talking to people who've been in the shoes that you want to go, that's where it's super helpful because you're getting more up-to-date real advice, even more than the forums, even more than me, who's, you know, I, I'm biased by my own path. Nabil's biased by his path. Everybody's biased by their own past. So just talking to enough people to get a real kind of up-to-date view is important. So like that's your your most important skill is going to be actually being willing to get on the phone um, and, and talk with people and explain your situation. Okay. And uh, the last question is about Kaya certification. It's uh, the Chartered Alternative Investment Analyst. 
would it be helpful for a career in private equity and venture capital? What do you think about it? Or is it CAI or whatever it is? CIA alternative investment analyst. Yeah, I have I've done that. Uh not really because it's alternative investment. So it'd be more like commodities, cryptos. They teach you of painting and like all that stuff, like not not traditional like equity that. So yeah, I don't think it's that helpful. No. Huh? Hedge funds too. Yeah. Depends on what they trade on. Like uh do you have someone doing commodities or like what kind of hedge fund is it? Is is it traditional equity that kind of stuff? Then no. But then if it's something else, like now with crypto coming up, I don't know if you're interested, might be helpful there. So yeah, stuff like that. Anything not traditional. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with it. Um, I've heard of it before. Um, I think I think the tendency here is to want a degree or a certification that can solve all the problems. Yeah, that does. And the reality is what's going to give you your best shot is relationships, period. Like until you get good at talking to people, until you get good at working and selling yourself, you can't go in, you can't do 20 certifications, you can't get 20 stamps of approval and expect suddenly the, the gates to open up to these high finance jobs. It's going to be actually, yes, put it, get to getting the CV properly structured, showing that you have the financial modeling skills, showing that you have this, but then on top of that, you need to be building relationships. And until you're comfortable doing that, until you get on the phone and force yourself to do these calls, you're going to be spinning your wheels. I applied to 500 places. I don't know what's going on. I only got three responses back and they're all rejections. Well, yeah, you're dropping your resume into a complete black hole. Nobody knows you there. And even, and especially for you, you're from, you're from, you know, for, for all intents and purposes for where these people, they're like, they don't even know. They probably can't even point to on the map where Kazakhstan is. So for yeah, you, it's even harder. So you need to like, it, the only way, you, number one is, yes, get a job at a big multinational that you can do an internal transfer. That's the way out. That's the way out for you. And yeah. that doesn't mean that's the only way you should be going. Like you should be developing the skills of actually talking to people um, and getting on the phone and asking questions and learning about like all these different careers. Because then you're going to be, you're going to sound so much, you're going to sound so much smarter on your 50th call than you did on your fifth. You know? You just are, it's just, it's just like, <laughs> there's no way to put, there's no way to like short circuit that. There's no certification that's going to suddenly open the doors and give you that job. It's going to be who you, who you talk to. Cause most of these jobs, like investment banking, analyst jobs, it's just, it's, a grind, it's just grind. You're just grinding. It's not like you're not smart enough to do the job. You know? Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I know it's a yeah, I think through that. That's like, like before it used to be such that like no one really had references. So you could just drop in like a good degree and get a job, walk away with a job. But like now it doesn't work that way because everyone has references. So then the question is like, how good are your references? And degrees don't matter as much, like comparatively. It's good to have, right? Uh, like yeah, if you a see strong like, signal, like exactly. to say that CFA isn't respected, it's very well respected or having the CAI doesn't show drive and it's respected. Yeah. Is your time really best spent like getting those certifications or is it getting like into the right company? I think it's getting into the right company and like actually. Yeah. Uh, getting those relationships and like marketing yourself more or less. Yeah. Uh, um, so I hope I'm not like deflating any hopes you have, because I think <laughs> anyone can get anywhere from any, anywhere in the world at this point. Cause there's so much information out there and there's like, everyone's a click away from LinkedIn. They really are. So, um, and you're here and you're here. So you got wall street oasis on your resume. So you have a huge advantage. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> um, so, okay. Uh, investment, investment canker says MBA is more management and leadership oriented and MFIN would be more specific about the actual managers. That's correct. Uh, any other? I think uh, Bhuvan, you had a question. Yeah, there was a question earlier from Investment Canker. Uh, much above the career in IB and CFA MBA question, like right above that. Yeah, Tanay said honestly, that's the tough part, Patrick, grabbing the phone and networking. Yeah, and Tanay, uh, honestly, like 
it is the hard part and that, but that's the most important part in terms of how, like whether you're going to have success or not. So like the good part is you don't actually need to grab the phone. You're not, I'm not telling you to cold call people. So like, that's super intimidating because you're going to get hung up on 98% of the time. So like, um, I'm just asking you to send messages over LinkedIn and connect with, you know, hundred people a day. Like connection request, hundred people a day. It sounds like a lot, but it takes like two seconds to request. Okay, not two seconds. It takes 20 seconds. Um, so like once you do that, once you have those connections, then it's like, okay, now let me tailor this short, have a short message in terms of like really love just a 10-minute chat on the phone. It's building up that list of people you've spoken with, keeping them updated on your progress. Suddenly, like they're gonna feel a vested interest in making sure they help you. And they, they pull you along. Um, and that's the goal here is you get, get those mentors, get those natural mentors to, to feel like they're bought in on your success. So, um, sorry, uh, Nabil, I can't see that question. Can you read okay. it out? Yeah. Uh, hey, are there any career paths slash options in finance that you consider underrated or something that is not well known, but people should know about, should know more about that? maybe something that lets you have a decent work-life balance with good compensation structure. I know corporate banking is one of them. Yeah, corporate banking. Yeah, that's um, question. Even, um, yeah, FP&A type roles where you're like an assistant to a CFO. But again, like to get the best jobs there, oftentimes like the easiest way to get the best jobs there is to do a, do a high finance internship. But um, you could also do um, corporate development. So if you do like M&A type stuff, um, the point is like all these jobs tend to be pretty bad when you start. So like, it's funny. Cause like the bankers are like, Oh, this is horrible. I'm working crazy hours. Da, da, da. Then you look at like the consultant, they're like, okay, well, I'm almost working those same hours, but I'm getting paid 50% less. <laughs> and I have to fly like people, uh, people have to fly like every week and like you'll be sent to who knows where in the world. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, I think there's, there's not too many like careers out there. There's some people on uh, Wall Street Aces that would argue that uh, private wealth management, if people stick it out and uh, manage money, it's lower paying, it's super tough to build your initial book of business. But then once you do that, you know, if you stick with it for 20, 30 years, by the time you're like 50, you can be clearing a lot of money if you have, um, you know, if you stick with it. So it's one of those things. And, it, and that's not, yeah, you, you're more around during market hours, but that's not something where you're slaving away like 100 hours a week. It's more like a steady 50 to 70 hours um, throughout. Um, but that you got to be very ha happy with or very comfortable with people saying no to you. And you have to be, again, what's most important for the private wealth management and managing people's money is relationships and connecting with people. <laughs> so either way, either way, work on that. Um, any suggestions on how to balance between networking and working on technical skills? I've talked to a few professionals. It was a bit hard for me to understand them. Um, Hongbo, can you give me more example? What do you mean it was hard for you to understand them? Like you didn't, oh, you didn't understand like the lingo and stuff they were talking about? That's just going to be reading. I, I read financial newspapers, read the, the forums, try to understand all the lingo, look at the glossary we have on the site. So people start saying like LBO, you're like, I have no idea what an LBO is. Like you should know, you should not, not up front, but like, hopefully it scares you enough. You should be taking notes in these. And if you're too afraid to ask like what something is, write it down and go look it up after. Um, Brandon asks a great question. Is it damaging to have too many connections and not reaching out to all of them? Um, I can tell you it's damaging for me with 30,000 connections because I can't add anybody else. <laughs> um, no, it, I, don't, I don't see how, that's, how that would ever hurt you. I don't think people are going to care, right? That you have like connections and like if you connect somebody and they, they accept your and you never reach out to them, they're never going to talk to you. They'll probably, it probably won't give any value to you if you never leverage it. But I don't think it's like an anecdotal thing. This this one person that I have on LinkedIn was saying like, oh, I noticed that you have like a lot of people on LinkedIn. Have you like reached out to all of them? I'm like, oh, like not yet. And they're like, oh, you better get to that. Cause like, I don't know. But like when I see someone who I am connected to and they haven't like at all made contact with me, I find it a little annoying. 
That's why I thought I'd ask. I didn't know if that was just like a one person thing. Or... Well, I do agree with the sense of like, you shouldn't just be connecting to connecting. You should be connecting with a goal to actually, you should be reaching out. You shouldn't be like connecting to thou. So like when I say a hundred, you should be ready to actually reach out to them and say, Hey, thanks so much for the connection. Um, I saw that you work here, da, 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 you know, um, I'd love to stay in touch and let you know I'm, I'm a, I'm a junior at XYZ call, whatever it is, you know, just give an introduction to yourself so that at least there's some context. So later on when you reach out and give an update, um, or say, Hey, I'd love to hop on the phone. I have this interview coming up with XYZ bank. I noticed that you worked in a similar fund or similar group. Then there's like that context there. And it's not just collecting connections for the sake of connecting connections. It's actually making connections in order to try and get on the phone and build a relationship. So yeah, um, I wouldn't just leave those. Connect- I, I, I agree with that. I think it's a really nuanced point. I think there's few people are going to care about that though. Um, few people are going to care about that. And be careful what you put out there, guys, on LinkedIn and on any social media platform. I mean, it's common sense, but like people will check your social media. So if you have an Instagram, Facebook, I'd highly recommend putting it on private. Um, you don't want people making judgments on whatever you're wearing a certain something, you look a certain way. Like there's very little upside to being public with your um and I'm I'm pretty public with it just be, that's just because I have a totally I'm not trying to get a job in corporate finance or investment. So like it's totally different. So don't look at mine as like an example. Look at like other professionals who are in like the top jobs. They're very they it's very little out there. And that's another thing. Like when you do land a job or the humble brag, don't do the humble brag. <laughs> I want to thank everyone and their mothers for this week at this this week long internship I landed da, 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 that was only given to five percent of the applicants. That like try to stay away from that. Try to just have a really tight CV with quantified quantified stuff and not so much the um, not so much the the public humble brag and like making big announcements like that for like an internship. It's just people. Some people in the industry, it rubs them the wrong way. They just roll their eyes and they're just like, oh my gosh, this kid, <laughs> this kid thinks he's like broken in. He's just doing a week long, like spring internship or something in uni. Um, it's a better just to keep it quiet. Just do, instead of the public blast, try to get the one-on-one connections going. You're going to, it's going to do a lot more. Um, but good question, Brandon, about the too many connections. I don't think it's going to hurt you, but I think you're missing an opportunity if you're not actually reaching out to these people after you, they, they accept your connection request. So my guess is what, what percentage of the people you're reaching out to are actually connecting to you? That's a great question. 20%? 10? No, I think my like connection request is pretty good. It's probably closer to like 25. 25%? Yeah. It's really it's good. awful. Yeah. Yeah. I had to tighten up in profile a bit, but it's doing a lot better now. Awesome. Are you, are you, uh, can you share with the group kind of what you're saying in those connection requests? Um, it really kind of depends. So like I'm on the retail end for one of the banks that I want to work at. So if I'm reaching out to someone there, I'm like, oh, I'm third year student and fellow XYZ banker. Um, and on like the retail side, I'm hoping once I graduate to kind of lateral into a role in, uh, it's called GCM for this bank. So global capital markets. Um, I was wondering if I can talk to you a little bit about the career path. And um, I have some specific questions uh, in regards to like what it's like working for you know, XYZ Bank. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Um, if it's like something I don't know them, it's just a, it's a, it's a version of that. But I include something instead of being I'm fellow XYZ banker, I'm like, oh, I'm CFA level one candidate or something kind of to replace that box. Yeah, so I'd be careful with saying you're a candidate for CFA level one. I know, yeah, I've heard that that kind of like rub people the wrong way. Apparently, it's like uh, you're allowed. Like all to you got to do is sign up. Yeah, I know, I know, right? So it's kind of like a. <laughs> I think I think better to leave that out, but that's great. That's great that you're like trying to like make it relevant and show that you're like I like it, right? So my point is, I rather you say something like. Um, and I noticed, you know, I noticed that you you've worked at da 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 for this many years. So make it specific to that person. Um, so I thought you might, you know, have some insight into this specific role um, that I have questions on. And then at least you're like, it's taking a little bit more time, but that's probably why your uh, your connection rates higher because you're not just saying, "Hey, connect with me," and hitting the dummy thing and just going like this. Um. 
Tanae asked a good question. Does it make a difference if you don't post on your LinkedIn about the opportunities you have taken up? Um, I uh, So there's two things today. There's like the ability to post onto LinkedIn about like updates and stuff like that. I don't think you need to make public your updates on your job searches and all this stuff. I'd keep that more private, um, but you should be filling out your LinkedIn profile to have a photo, number one, smiling photo. You look happy, okay, but professional. So ideally something like this, what I'm wearing um, uh, with a plain background, nothing nothing like you're in your bedroom or something weird. Um, and then specifically under that, you should be having your experience. So Wall Street Oasis internship can be there. Um, you could put um, the specific, yeah. So Brandon just asked, should we link to our WSO articles? You can absolutely link to your WSO articles. But I would look at more the example we have in the Slack group in terms of how to show it on your CV rather than necessarily even linking to the specific articles. But you can you can do that. You can post to that. I don't think it's adding that much value. I think what's more important is that you're showing you have an internship. It's relevant. It's related. Uh, talk about the financial modeling training you're doing. Once you get the, access to some of the free courses, that's going to be super relevant. It's going to have the keywords. Um, and then maybe a short. Um, sorry, I'm reading the. Uh, and then maybe have a short, uh, uh, you know, have your education, have your school there, have all that. But people underestimate having a smiling photo is a big deal. People are much more likely to respond to you and having at least some stuff in there in terms of internship experience and having your school. Uh, Tanae asks, I'm pretty bad at socializing through apps. So I barely post anything on any of my social networks. As long as I have a, my profile in order, it's good, right? Um, yeah, I, the, I'm not saying um have social media open i'm saying have that private so like your facebook your instagram your tiktok whatever make sure people can't find it or it's private so because you don't want for your like if it's with your friends like you don't want people seeing that um so make it so just your your actual connections um can see your stuff for linkedin where it's more public facing um you definitely want that filled out you want your smiling face you want your internship stuff there um, you want um, all that stuff as if it's your CV. It's just a reflection of your CV. Um, you can have some bullets there as well in terms of showing what you did. Um, what am I forgetting, Nabil? Anything else around advice around social media and LinkedIn in, in particular? You're, you're muted. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. No, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, just make it look like a CV. Don't, yeah, don't post like random humble rags and stuff. And yeah, connect to people. Be careful like, about what you like. Exactly, yeah. Be careful about what you like. So if you're super liberal or you're super conservative, be careful. Be yeah. careful because you start liking all the stuff that's super liberal or all the stuff that's super conservative on either side and you're getting interviewed by somebody who's more moderate on the, on the other side, they may see that. You just hurt yourself for no good reason. Exactly. <laughs> so be careful. I, I had I just heard about a deal, uh, M&A deal that got blown up because some guy had liked something or commented on something about a conservative figure and the fund that was looking to invest and buy his company was a little, they had somebody on the board that was a little bit more liberal. So, you know, probably lost the kid $500,000. So it happens. <laughs> so don't... Don't think that it doesn't happen. So people check your LinkedIn, your profile. So like, um, I think it's important that you you keep um, as much as you want to. It doesn't mean you can't be like active in your community and doing all this stuff, but it's it just, just be careful. Like um, if, if you're trying to break in, I think initially um, to be a little bit more closed off on the personal stuff and try to break in. And then you can be a little bit more vocal on either side if you want to be, um, but you got to be careful. You got to be careful out there. Um, and today, if you're pretty bad at socializing through apps, I hope that doesn't mean LinkedIn. I hope that doesn't mean you're not willing to get on a phone call and talk with uh, these, these professionals because you're going to need that. You're going to need that skill. So you might as well rip the Band-Aid off now and just torture yourself and get on a few phone calls. <laughs> okay. You're not going to die, I promise. Sounding stupid is fine. Sound asking dumb questions is fine, especially if you're younger. Um, and you're just learning. Um, yeah, it, so that's fine. If you have a if you're have comfortable having conversations, not being active and posting stuff, that's actually a benefit to be more private. So it's not going to hurt you. But just make sure you're you're actually putting the time to make your LinkedIn profile look polished, making it look like your CV. That's the other thing, man. I, 
we had one of our top interns send me his CV today. Um, or I was, I was doing the thing where I was helping introduce him to other people through my LinkedIn network. And somebody's like, oh yeah, send his CV. He sends it to me and there's a spelling error. Like this is the one page that you have to get perfect. That means bullets have to be aligned. That means you better spell check it. You better make sure your contact info is correct. I've had that. People said, oh, I spelled my email wrong. <laughs> they tried to reach out to me and I couldn't get caught. This is true stuff. This happens like print it out. Don't just read it on a screen. It's very hard to catch errors on the screen. Print it out and go through it with a highlighter. You'll find error after error after error. But like after you've gone through it 10 times, ideally it's in a good spot. Um, but that means actually going through it that many times and being that careful. Uh, Nabil, any other Could we, comments on like yeah, something? Could we make a group chat with people who are studying for the CFA? Yeah, I just did that last week. Okay. I think. Yeah. How about that. Oh, you did a channel yes. or you did a different group? I just put a channel there so people oh, cool. can just talk. Yeah. I don't see it. I see general and random. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'll have to. I don't know. I'll just tag everyone. Let me see. If that works. So, yeah, we, we can create one in the Slack because I'm sure there's a big group doing CFA. Yeah. I don't know why it doesn't show. Hmm. I'll just start it. Yeah, it's start now. Could you see it? Um, what, in, in Slack? Yeah, in Slack, yeah. I don't see it. I can add the channel. Maybe you want me to do it? Yeah, uh, I mean, I created it. Let me check. Anyways, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get it yeah, up. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, any other questions? Uh, Bhuvan, is hand up? Uh, yeah, hi. Hi. Uh, so uh, as you spoke about CFA not being a really great option for investment banking, well, which until now I thought was really great for me. But so, I mean, what will you suggest for me? Like I'm entering my third year of college right now and you spoke about networking and communication and all, but I need something like some a major degree to get into investment banking, right? Only networking and communication won't help me to get there. And I'm, I'm currently uh, doing my BBA. Sorry, no, degree as in if any specialized course or maybe a, an MBA or master's in such a specific field. Yeah, uh, MBA. If you can get into top MBA, so I talk to Nabil about this all the time um, about how like what he's going to do um, once he leaves Wall Street Racers. I'm trying to hold on to him, but you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, he. We've talked about this. He was going to come help uh, Wall Street Racers help build this program. Um, but I think for, for Nabil, it's the same thing. He's trying to figure out where are my best options? How can I keep as many doors open? And so we talked about like getting to London because the visa is easier there. Uh, we talked about specifically certain programs that have good placement stats. Well, Nabil, so what was it? LSE? LBS. LBS, sorry. I mean, that's because they have the exemption for the GMAT. Saves a lot of time for paying for it. Um, so LBS, um, but then that's a one-year program, right, Nabil? Yeah, that's a one-year program. It's yeah, a one-year year program, which is nice too. So yes, uh, I would suggest something like that is a great place to kind of scoot yourself in. And you're right. If you're coming from, I mean, I don't know how your scores are and how you're doing, but if you're coming from, where are you located right now? India? Uh, I'm currently in India. I'm moving to Australia for my third year. So what are you doing in Australia? What school? Uh, SP. Oh, you're breaking up a little bit. SP Jane? I think that's the one. They have branches in like Dubai, Australia, and then Singapore, I think. It's a certain school? I think I got yeah. stuck. Hello? Yeah, yeah, you got yeah. stuck. So you were saying you're going to Australia. I think you're... Uh, yeah, so it's uh, one year in Singapore, one year in Dubai, two years in Sydney. So Nabil, you probably know more about this. Like, what would you suggest? I mean, it, it kind of depends where you want to be post-graduation too. Right. Um, yeah. Here's where you focus your efforts on the communication, the networking. Exactly. Uh, I don't think they feed into IB though, do they? Sorry. I think it's more cop. I think it's more corporals rather than IB. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, if that's so, what you're looking uh, for, like, then. So I was plan so before I was planning like I'll start my CFA in my third year and maybe I'll do two three years of I get, I get a job or something and then maybe plan for my MBA. That's what my basic plan looked like. It's not a bad plan. I, I just, yeah. I question, I mean, Nabil, maybe you know, maybe the CFA is given more weight 
outside the US for for banking? It is, it is for sure. But yeah. again, like like anything else, if you don't network, the CFA, the MBA, whatever you have is useless. Like, uh, I'm not like it's blunt, right? Like, what are you gonna do with all these degrees that you have? Uh, pretty much right. nothing. If you if if you can't like go out, meet people, talk to them, like if they're not impressed by you, you're not gonna get a referral. You're not gonna like land the right uh, job. Uh, one one way a bachelor's helps is like placements. Like you, you got to see what your placement looks like. Like, do you go into the right channels? Because I know for a fact that SPJ uh, doesn't feed a lot into IB, at least it's minimal. Because I used to work with the lecturer there, MBA at Dubai. So yeah. Uh, so again, like it's all about knowing what you want to do, even about uh, like the schools, the MBA schools that we were talking about with Patrick. If you're going into consulting, then you could probably have to go to Paris and do one of those inset uh, HEC or whatever. But then if you're into finance, you'd have to go into like uh, London, LVS, LSE. LSE goes to a lot of places, I think. They feed into a lot of places. But things like that, like you need to know what you're doing and then see if the placement works. Your plan's great. Uh, it's just that the MBA CFA probably leads you more to like a corporate kind of thing, not too much into IB per se, like directly IB. IB is all relationships. Like, uh, it does help though. I just met recently someone at CFA. Like, we had a dinner, and he'd done CFA and had an engineering degree. Who got into Citibank here as an investment banking associate. Uh, so yeah, it's it's like again. Then I asked him like, it's just networking for him. He moved from India to here, so that's a big jump. But then it's networking. He reached out to people on LinkedIn here, got on the call, and then. Had the resume in order, you uh, land some good keywords in there, you know, so that the ATS picks it up. And that's how it works generally, yeah. And there's a lot of demand for people, like Patrick was saying, even here for IB, like people have done investment banking analysts, like they've gone through the program. So, yeah, uh, that's, yeah, that's the thing. So you got to network. I don't think it's a bad plan. Yeah. I, just, I don't know if it's as focused as, like, I think to be able just to tailor, to tailor what you're saying, like maybe there's a little bit more focus. Maybe he doesn't need the CFA or like that might be too much, or maybe he just does level one. Uh, just like network more honestly. Like if you can do a CFA plus do networking, that's amazing. But then if you're doing like just CFA and like not doing anything else on the side, like that's kind of pointless. You're wasting three years and not, like your career doesn't go anywhere, right? Like, why do you want to do that? So right, it's right. better also, to network. Um, yeah. Also, yes, uh, this, uh, the thing uh, Patrick said that, uh, I mean, is it feasible for me to do CFA and MBA both or? Yeah, there are a lot of programs that offer it now. Like CFA is not, I mean, it's not, okay. I, I don't know if it's, it's not that hard if you put your, uh, put effort into it. Uh, especially if you come from something with a finance background, it's, it's definitely not hard. Uh, but again, it just depends on you. Like, what's your background? Or imagine if you're coming from engineering, you have no clue about finance. You do a CFA that gives you a lot of knowledge. But then, if you already know a lot of stuff, it's kind of easy. Like, it's not that hard. So you just gotta make sure you dedicate enough time. It's all time management, right? If you're dedicating this these many hours to networking, meeting people, all that, and then you know your time management is really good, you can do a lot of things. But then that's what it comes down to at the end. Like, are you maximizing your time that you have? That's the limiting factor. So yeah, that's that's how I'd go about it. I wouldn't like be like, oh, uh, what works for me might not work for you, right? So I wouldn't say, oh, do an MBA, do a CFA, forget about networking. No, it's like everything. Uh, yeah, budget your time. You kind of have to have balance. You have to have great time management skills. But the good news is, you know, if you think you want to do banking and you're actually willing to work 80 hours a week, you're probably only in class. 10 to 15 hours a week, probably only have another about 10 hours to 15 hours of work, uh, homework or essays and exam prep. It's not that hard. School's not that hard if you're really good at time management um, to do well. And so from there, theoretically, you have another 30 hours to 50 hours to do a lot of damage. And that can include 10 hours a week, 15 hours a week on networking. That can include 10 to 15 hours a week on financial modeling. That can include CFA prep that can include, you know, what have you. So I think, you know, I think it's about making sure you're having that balance on that extra time and setting aside dedicated blocks in your calendar where you're like, for these two hours, I am doing only, I'm doing outreach on LinkedIn. These two hours I'm doing, you know, only financial modeling training. I'm going to get through the Excel modeling course, that type of stuff. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for joining. Thanks for helping us. Um,
think we're going to call it guys. It's been an hour, (laughs) but I appreciate all the questions, some really good ones. I think maybe it'd be helpful. Nabil, um, besides the international course, let's try to get people there that, um, I think it'd be really helpful to maybe do like a, it'd be fun. Maybe next week we we could do like LinkedIn. We could like, if people want to volunteer, we can go through their LinkedIn and like, it'd be like, uh, and we're like, do this, improve this. Um, or even resumes we can we could do like uh have somebody's resume up on the thing maybe we could black out the name (laughs) but just start like tearing it apart and i would say like how i would change things i think it'll be really informative and people are probably making similar mistakes um got it uh, tonight likes that idea (laughs) (laughs) and to make it more fun it would make it a little bit more visual instead of just uh you know a few faces and stuff like that so we'll, we'll try to Maybe we can do that in the chat. We say, "Who wants to volunteer?" We'll black out. We'll, we'll black out your name if you want to send your resume through. And we can do a do yeah, a. We can't, uh, we can't black out LinkedIn. I promise I'll be very ruthless and mean. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I'll try to be as nice as possible, but like you know, with the understanding that a lot of people are making these at these probably same errors. And by the way, it would be a free. It's a free resume review for you, so that's a that's a bonus. So yeah, um, we can do that. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for your time and um, and for your your efforts with the program. And we will talk to you again in one week. Bye, everybody. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.